night and bang. Oh. Welcome to the Dog Central Show. I am Graham Coffey. That is my good friend, Josh Hancher, a.k.a. Dog Stats. Uh, it is a Thursday evening, and we are here in mid-August. Uh, the season is creeping ever closer by the day. Uh, two weekends from now, there's going to be live college football on your television. It's kind of uh, exciting and scary all at the same time. But in order to get ready for what's coming down the pipe, we are here today to do some Big 12 win totals and uh, talk about a couple future SEC programs while doing that in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, before we jump in, you know, obviously Georgia Fall Camp has been rolling along. Uh, this show is named Dog Central. I know a lot of you guys uh, tune in because you are Georgia fans, so we don't want to leave you dangling out there. Um, you know, we're in that part of the uh, preseason where we see a bunch of UGA staff members meet with the media for the only time of the year, uh, at least the only time that, that the program makes them available. The the college football playoff and the bowls make them have to speak when, when Georgia gets to that point. But, yeah, always interesting to see these guys – I feel like on the on the podium because we don't really know them <laughs> otherwise. But uh, our old friend Mike Bobo was was in today uh, on on the podium in front of the press. Uh, Josh, I'm curious. Like, there's been a lot of angst around the return of Mike Bobo. What are your personal like thoughts? What was your initial reaction to the hire? I don't think we ever talked to you about it. Um, you know, it was kind of set in motion when he came on board as an analyst we all know how far and how close ties that Kirby and Bobo have together played on the same team um, and so it was inevitable so I was not even remotely surprised didn't get worked up uh, love the fact that he was brought in and you know got to work with Monken. I mean, and I think you reported several times how active he was in the coaching, uh, in the offensive coaching room and setting up plays, scripting plays and stuff like that. Um, he's, you know, and I've, you know, Twitter, you know, had a lot of good discussions on Twitter when, when Monken left for Baltimore and, and, you know, I mean, like he put up points and he never had an offensive line that was really notable at all. I mean, he had some good players for sure, but nothing, like the talent he has in the O-line and the uh, skill position players. Um, certainly he had some good running backs back in the day, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, he was top three or four in scoring in the SEC just about every year he was here calling plays certainly. Um, and nationally he was, you know, had some huge uh, scoring years nationally and he, but the defense just was nothing. So I, uh, nothing like it is now. It's not to say it's nothing, but um, so I think, I like the, the, you know, Kirby's got a plan. He knew that Munkin was not going to be there for a long time and he, you know, brought the guy in he wanted. So, and we all know that, you know, Bobo's still got good ties um, in the Southeast coaching uh, with, with high school coaches and bringing in players. So I'm, you know, it was inevitable and logical. That's not to say that I think it's, you know, a slam dunk for sure going to lead the, the top three in offense every year, but, you know, mm -hmm. I would be, I would be, I would be surprised if he's not carrying that 49, 50% success rate on offense and, you know, moving the ball. And I think he's, you know, got, you know, 
the the game has changed quite a bit since he was calling plays at Georgia. You know, I think, and I think you've reported and expect some more RPO, true RPO type plays and stuff. So it's just the same thing. It's getting your getting your playmakers to ball in space and how maybe a little different, but I don't expect much fall off whatsoever. So I also don't expect a, you know, heck, you know, if you call the tight end screen now, it's a little different than, you know, when he was down at the 10 yard line, he had Todd Gurley in the background and South Carolina, but I digress. So, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, like, it's interesting because the body of work with Bobo was so large uh, when he was there the first time, right? His first game calling plays was the 2006 Peach Bowl uh, against Virginia Tech when Virginia Tech was like a legit, you know, perennial top 10, top 15 program. Um, and then he was there all the way through up until 2014. Like that's, you know, that's – parts of nine seasons that he called plays in. And anytime I feel like a fan base has a relationship that long with not just a coach, but in particular a play caller, there's definitely going to be, you know, there's going to be those performances that, that people don't like, like the, the 2021 sec championship game gets kind of forgotten now amongst Georgia people because UGA went on and beat Alabama a month later for the national title in Indianapolis. But like, I mean, I, I was always under the opinion that like Mocken called a bad game that day, you know, like that team with the personnel it had uh, with, with Stetson Bennett, where he was at that point in his development as a quarterback should not have been throwing the ball 47 times. And they did, you know, and, and I think like that went against everything they had done all year. And uh you see that with, with all the good OCs. I mean, like, Sarkeesian is widely regarded as one of the best offensive coordinators or offensive designers in the sport. But, like, you know, I talked to some some Texas media folks at SEC Media Days who talked about, like, games that they felt like he kind of blew for them last year by not staying patient and sticking with the game plan. So there's always going to be stuff, right? Um I think the thing that's interesting about Bobo now is just like, man, you know, it's, it's been almost a decade. Right. And I think about like, where was I, you know, nine years ago in my life and in my career, and it's a totally different place than I am now. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that I might've done or lived by at that point that I, you know, that I don't in this day and age or, you know, different, business philosophies that I may or may not have. And point being in all that is I I think that Bobo, you know, in all this, we talk about coaches and I think sometimes we forget as just, you know, as, as the college football commentariat as a whole, that like these are human beings and, and, you know, they evolve and they change and they, they mature and they, they go through different phases and they, they learn along the way. And we talk about player development all the time in college football, but we don't probably talk enough about coach development. And, you know, one of the things that stood out to me from, from Bobo's comments was just him talking about, uh, you know, where kind of where he was when he took that Georgia job <clears throat> to be an analyst uh, last year, you know, and talking about how he had opportunities in other places and he, you know, decided to, to come to Athens because he wanted to work under Todd Mockin. He wanted to learn how that like Saban coaching tree practices 
they've always been, uh, you know, famous and well-regarded for that. And just, it was interesting to see a coach, I think, like speak that honestly, or, you know, with that much humility about, uh, yeah, like I was an SEC play caller for the better part of a decade. I was a head coach. And, you know, he did have some very good offenses at Colorado State, especially when he first got there. But, like, there was also things that I could learn, and I tried to do that. Um, And I I thought that was kind of, like, cool to see, honestly. Yeah, I dropped in one of the things I tweeted out. Actually, it says it was still talking about him as an analyst, so Munkin was still on the the staff. But, yeah, uh, yards per play under under – Bobo's OC seventh, third, fifth, fourth, sixth, first, fifth, first. So he knows how to move the ball, uh, and I think mm-hmm. he. I think he's. I'm. I don't know. You know, I, I was the right hire. I mean, in my opinion, I just. I'm not. I don't. I'm not even worried about it. You know, and Kirby, we trust, and he had a plan, and he knew this was going to happen, and and I think he's got the guy there, and I, and I get it. It looks like the old boys' club get back together with Muschamp and. Bobo, but shit, man. Going out to see Pylon at the theater tonight. (laughs) You know, I'm all about it, you know, but uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited and I hope, I hope he does well. You know, I mean, I certainly had my frustrations with him. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I was, you know, always, you know, a believer in Bobo back then, but I think a lot of that was my frustration with, with, you know, Mark Richt and sort of the complacency to not get us over the top. So, uh, but that we're that's a bygone era, man. We're back to back champions, and uh, yeah, you know, we're I, I'm looking forward, to looking straight ahead, absolutely, as you should be, and I think as everybody else is as well. And I, I think you know, the at the end of the day, like this is still a complimentary sport, right? And um, you look at where a lot of those defenses that he had on the other side from him ranked, uh throughout the kind of 2010s, 20-teens, late 2000s. And it just wasn't comparable, really, to what Georgia has today. And even, you know, Bobo at the podium today talked about the probably the biggest difference between his first time in Athens and, and being back is, like, how well recruited this roster is and the development that happens all the way down, first, second, third string. Um, last thing on Bobo before, before uh, we kind of move on here, but uh, – I don't know if you caught, there was a comment uh, that was, there was kind of a question asked to him about like, Hey, we know you're the new OC, but with, with you guys losing the six, eight, 280 pound tight end and losing a quarterback who, uh, you know, was, was one of the more elusive quarterbacks probably in, in college football last year in terms of like his quickness and his ability to avoid the rush. Wouldn't this offense have changed anyways? Right. Like, and I, and I think that's one thing that I'm kind of interested to watch is uh, going into September and re- like realizing that we, we probably won't see very much of this playbook until at least the South Carolina game, if not further on down the road. Um, I would just caution everybody to like make any big conclusions early on about how, you know, Bobo's changed the offense because I, I think, with the personnel that left, like this offense was going to have to change no matter what. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we're not, you, 
it's silly to sit there and expect to use the same plays with the same personnel and the same script and the same concepts and stuff. And if you do that, you know, coaches watch tape, you're going to, you're going to, they're going to figure out a way to, to beat you. And yeah, I expect any coach, any OC, whether he's first year or 10th year to, to be adding wrinkles and, and, and adjusting the plays to the, the personnel he has. So. On that note, you know, who never adds wrinkles, Josh. Uh, Home field apparel. Oh, nice. That's a professional transition right there. Thank you. Uh, Home field apparel sponsors this show. Uh, They sponsor everything we do over on dogcentral.com. They are very, very good to us, and uh, we want to be good to them in return. They make the best uh, vintage collegiate apparel that you are going to find anywhere, whether you're a Georgia fan or a fan of – uh, any other of over a hundred college programs, you can find something that you're going to like at homefieldapparel.com. When you get there, make sure you use code dogcentral23. You can get 20% off of your first order from Homefield. Uh, I am wearing one of their cozy, comfy, soft shirts right now. Uh, I have a closet full of them. They make great sweatshirts. Uh, just be careful that your wife doesn't steal them because that continues to happen in my household. And uh, we got some big things planned with those guys for uh, later in the year. So stay tuned because uh, we'll, we'll probably have some live events and things like that going on in Athens uh, with home field as we get into the season. But uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us and we hope you will support them. All right, Josh, do you have any other, uh, you know, thoughts or anything that stood out to you this week in the Georgia sphere? I don't have anything in the Georgia sphere, but if anybody's wondering why I'm wearing a Kennesaw State hat, uh, my son is nice. in, is now enrolled, and we dropped him off at campus yesterday. So I'm a proud uh, owl dad, and uh, just just wanted to show a little KSU love here uh, in the, in this show. So apologize uh, if that's offensive to anybody, but uh, I've got a I'm an owl dad. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Uh, did you guys survive the? you know, the saying goodbye part without melting into it was, puddles. Uh, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty solid. I mean, I think um, my wife is starting, she's got a full plate of work and stuff too. So that's a distraction. But I think this weekend comes Sunday night, it might be a little rough around here. So, uh, but we're, we're good. He's, he's extremely excited. He's extremely ready. So um, we're, uh, I, you know, it, it is what it is, man. It's part of life coming at you. And for anybody that's got any youngins, you know what you know what it's all about, and it, when they say it goes by in a blink of an eye, that is one hundred percent true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations to to him, and and uh, congratulations to you guys, and uh, go Owls, man. You know, well, like Kennesaw State, uh, they're an up and cover in yeah. In multiple it might be in the sports. ACC. They might be in the ACC by this time next week. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, the super. The Super Conference with Kennesaw State, Stanford, SMU. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, well, speaking of Super Conferences, uh, we got the Big 12 on deck today here. And, uh, man, like, talk about a fascinating league, right? Obviously, a lot of changes going on there. And we have this kind of one year that we're going into where the – the conference is going to, you know, be in its current format with, uh, I believe it's 14 teams. 
Yeah. Yes, 14. They added Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and Central Florida. Correct. You got it. You're on top of it. And uh, obviously, Texas and Oklahoma are in kind of their their last year here with uh, the Big 12. So, um, straight off, before we even get into the mechanics of, of like any of these teams, uh, just looking because of the win total pods. So we're going to, we're going to look at win totals. Both Texas and Oklahoma are sitting at nine and a half uh, wins in Vegas. And then uh, the next closest team in the league is Kansas state at a full win under that. And then TCU is another full win under that as well as Texas tech. They're both at seven and a half. So how much of an embarrassment would it be to uh, Texas and Oklahoma? If, if one of them, doesn't win the conference. Um, I, I think there used to be an embarrassment in the last few years, to be honest. So um, I, I think it would definitely be, it would be noteworthy, certainly in the Twitter, Twitter sphere. Um, and, and in Texas, especially that, that would be viewed nothing more than a failure. And it would squarely put Sarkeesian squarely on a hot seat, in my opinion if he doesn't at least get to the big 12 title game. So, I agree. And, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and just, you know, and, and TCU, I mean, you know, all jokes, 65 or seven aside, they, they got by and got lucky in any other year, you know, they just, they weren't as good as Texas. They weren't as good as Oklahoma. They, they found a way to win a bunch of close games and they were not really, versus Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, it, it's really inexcusable for, you know, to be Texas to be basically out of the Big 12 race, you know, by mid-November. You know, it's just mm-hmm. – it's really just – last year was really, I mean, a, a real letdown. I had predicted – I thought for sure they would win the, the Big 12, and I thought – I'm not – I wasn't saying Texas was back, but I just didn't see any other rosters that were, you know, could compete with them. And, and so, I'm, you know, they're the they're – the, they're the clearly the – the preseason and I'm sure they're the, I, I can't remember what the media did, but I'm sure they're picked to, to win the league again. Um, that nine and a half win total is the same as Oklahoma, but only because they go to Alabama, which Vegas is already counting as a loss. Um, right. If they had scheduled, scheduled any other home game or, you know, uh, or neutral site game, they'd probably be 10, you know, 10 and a half win total. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. Uh, so um, it would be, it would be embarrassing. That's a long answer to say. Yeah would suck for sure and uh so i'm putting up some kind of uh conference-wide metrics here uh this is from your uh advanced season preview that uh this is all data that you've pulled together done a fabulous job with it you and uh our friend chris marler over at saturday down south pulling all this together um i've told a lot of people this but i'll say it again because it deserves to be said this guide that you guys have put together, there's things that are in it that normally I would have five or six windows open on my computer trying to compile all of this information about one team. And uh, you guys have it here in one place. So um, this kind of metrics plus team returning production chart that you got here, is there, you know, in terms of kind of the conference-wide metrics and returning production stuff, is there, is there any – big takeaways that you feel like we should know before we dive into Texas? Um, well, I mean, I think it segues nice into Texas. I mean, Texas and Kansas are, are returning 80. Uh, Texas is 85 and Kansas is 91% uh, 
returning production wise to, um, offensively. Um, Texas was 48% success rate. It just seems like all the trends and all the metrics team wise are pointing towards Texas. Um, and then, but you know, you don't see, if you look at some of the player efficiency ratings, you don't see a lot of Texas players in there, but you know, they obviously lost B. John Robinson to the NFL. Um, and yeah, so, but they've got a lot of pieces there. And I think a lot of pieces that are, should be poised to continue to step forward. So with that, I'll let you kick us off with Texas because they definitely, anything you look at this, it just Texas jumps off the page. So I think he is, he's the, uh, they're the, um, the, B, the Bevo in the room, so to speak. So we should probably just get into it. <laughs> uh, good. Well said, yeah. Um, I – well, first of all, Texas, you know, you, you said it already. We both said it, nine and a half wins. But uh, it's worth mentioning that Vegas has this juice pretty heavily to the over, minus 140 on the over versus plus 120 on the under. Those are the, the latest numbers that I pulled off DraftKings last night. Um when I when I look at Texas, you just said it like it all makes sense from a roster standpoint. It all makes sense, but uh, then I'm I, I I look at who's in charge. Uh, we we've got five losses with when leading by fourteen plus points in the last two years for the Longhorns. Last season, all five of their losses were by one score. Steve Sarkeesian has never won more than nine games in a season. And he is coached for nine years at Washington, USC, and Texas. Those are three I wouldn't call you know, USC and Texas are definitely blue blood programs. Washington is a borderline blue blood program. Like they have national title history that's not ancient. I look at their team last year and like I think this team is gonna be better on offense, but oh we got we got some dogs in the background here. Um, they're muted right <laughs> uh, so anyways only uh, Texas is one of only seven teams to finish in the top 20 for opponent adjusted offense and defense in 2022 the other ones were Georgia Alabama Florida State LSU Michigan and Penn State my point being is like I think they're good this year and I think they like in some ways they might be better than last year, but do we trust Steve Sarkeesian to like take this roster and get the maximum output from it? No, I expect him to, to be in the big 12 title game, lose a game. He shouldn't and squeak in there. And we'll, we'll tweet things like does less with more, but they're going to, th- I think they can, they can lose a couple games, and that's I think that's the mentality. Like you say, I mean, he's you know, I don't know, I don't know what cliches we can use, but they're they're all there. Like, you can't win the big game, can't get him over the top. But I still think that this this league is set up for him to figure out a way to get in the Big Twelve title game. Um, so, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers is I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, I just worry about the the defense coming together, you know, and when you don't have a solid defense, you sometimes can get outscored, you know, and I, I think that's going to happen to them. Uh, we're going to obviously the second week of the season. That's the thing too. I mean, if they go into Tuscaloosa and they get blown out or they get beat soundly, or even if they lose a close mm-hmm. one, everyone's going to excuse it. So, um, and he's going to be running out of excuses. So he's got to, and then, you know, you just got 
a Kansas State team that everyone always underestimates. Um, you know, you've got a rebuilding TCU team and an Oklahoma team I don't know what to make of. So, um, yeah, you know. I, Oklahoma's uh, tough. You know, I, I look at their uh, – you know, Ewers was, I think, pretty good for a freshman quarterback. I don't know if he was healthy all year. Uh, it sounds like he spent a lot of time, you know, working on kind of some more underneath stuff and his accuracy there. But, like, you mentioned they lost Bijan. They also lost Roshan Johnson at running back. Like, you've downgraded there and you've upgraded at wide receiver, right? Like, you brought in A.D. Mitchell. Isaiah Nayer, who was a stud at Wyoming, is back and healthy. Uh, you got Xavier Worthy, who was a – he's got 1,741 yards and 21 touchdowns over the last two years. I just – like, I, I, I'm curious about this defense, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They, they had 10 starters who were on the All-Big 12 teams last year on defense, and they do get six of those back. And they get Jalen Catalan to come over from Arkansas and play safety. But not to harp on it and make the same point over and over, but, like, I I go through what they really were last year, and I can't square some of the, like, play-by-play metrics and the overall stats with them being an 8-4 and four team. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Like, you, how was that team 8-4 and four in that league? You know, what, one thing I keep – looking at if i have this chart in the guide that talks you know it's got your pff guys graded 70 plus and how many you bring back to have a certain number uh te- texas a&m is at the bottom of the list but a lot so many of those guys texas, or texas, a lot, a&m. texas a&m but my point is those guys had a lot of players in the 60s and the high 60s it just didn't get over that 70 so if you look at texas okay. and you look in the They've got three guys uh, in the front in the secondary and two guys that had uh, actually the secondary guys were good, but a lot of them in the fifties, like, you know, they're not missing that PFF grade by a little bit. They're missing it by a lot. So they, so the, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, certainly you expect improvement there, but how much improvement can you realistically expect from these guys? So, um, you know, obviously they bring in the kid from Arkansas, um, mm-hmm. so they clearly were not happy, uh, there. I mean, you're, you're going to the portal and trying to plug holes. So, um, that's just not right. a, uh, so again, it's just like, this is the biggest question mark. Can they improve and can they make that jump to be elite or, or close to elite on defense? I don't, I don't really expect it. I think they're going to be a lot of fun on offense. Um, and I think they're going to move the ball around a lot, but they run up against good defense that, that holds them under 30 and it's going to be tough to, I don't expect this team to be able to shut down guys in, on the other side of the ball. So, uh, yeah, the defense is it, man. Uh, it really is the biggest question mark they got. All right, so we got their win, uh, we got their schedule up on the, the screen here right now. Uh, what – I mean, are you over or under on this, uh, this nine-and-a-half wins? Well, let me see. Rice, they're going to be – let's just say they're going to be one-and-one. One. Um Two losses, three losses. All right, so Oklahoma, I think they're going to beat Oklahoma, but it's just whether they're going to get through Kansas State and Baylor and Texas Tech. Those are, those are the guys that I think, I don't know if they're toss-ups. So are they going to go 3-0 and against those guys? Um, yeah, I see it. I can see it. A one loss in the Big No, nah, they're going to lose two in the Big Ten. They're Big, big 12. They're going to lose two. So give me an upset. Um, lost to Kansas State. Yeah, going under. Yeah, 
I think they're going to go. They're going to go one and two against Oklahoma, Kansas State. They and maybe a Baylor. They got to go to Baylor. You get Texas Tech at home. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go nine and three. I'm going to go nine and three. I think I'm there with you. And this is like this is kind of a gut feel play. This is not something I would go play in Vegas with my own money. You know, I I think like the the variance for Texas is so wide, and it's because some of you guys in the YouTube chat here, uh, Green Soldier, like I think you make a good point. Like there, I do think there is some sort of call it a mental thing, call it like a. I don't want to say they have culture issues because I'm not saying they got kids running around wild doing crazy shit, but like, you know, I, I don't think that Steve Sarkeesian teams historically are not really like built to be mentally tough. And if he gets that figured out, then like hats off to him. I'll be the first dude to congratulate him and say, you know, like this guy's turned a corner in his career and Texas is moving into the SEC and if they continue to recruit an elite level, then they could be on a path to, you know, compete to be one of the the top four programs in the conference. But I got to see it to believe it, man. Nine years at, at those three programs that he's coached at and, you know, only being 12 games under five, over 500. I know that doesn't have anything to do with this year's roster, but like, again, I brought it up earlier. Their, their roster last year was really good. Their OL had, legit talent top 40 and run push slash pass protection in 2022 uh you know their defense was terrible on third down conversion percentage but that was about it that was the only thing that was really wrong i think that there is a chance they beat alabama so i'm having a hard time kind of like squaring that with what i'm feeling about their total because i I think it's going to be hard for them to go on the road and win that game. But, like, I also think if Alabama hasn't figured out their quarterback situation yet, there is a chance that Texas just goes in there and just, you know, outscores them and maybe doesn't even really play that well on defense, but it just doesn't matter because Alabama's offense isn't really functioning at a high level yet. Like, that's a scenario that I think is possible. But I'm going to do the thing that I did last year. Go down their, go down their schedule. Alabama better coach Wyoming Craig Bull better coach Baylor Aranda better coach Kansas better coach Oklahoma I don't know if it's a better coach Houston (laughs) don't think so BYU maybe Kansas State absolutely a better coach TCU better coach Iowa State not so sure Texas Tech better coach and I think at some point in some of these games like Five losses in one score games in 2022 might be a little bit of a canary in the coal mine for Texas and how they manage things. I know that he's brought in Paul Chris as an analyst. He's got Gary Patterson there. Like he has good help, but I don't know that Sarkeesian's self-belief allows him to listen to those guys on the headset in the middle of a game, especially when it comes to what to do with his offense. I think he has such a track record as a play caller that he never really is going to, to kind of take feedback in real time from the other guys on his staff about 
what to do in a key third down situation late in the game. And I think that costs him football games. And I think it'll cost him football games again this year. Uh, I think the over under is going to swing on that Bama game. I history would tell us to favor Bama. So I'll say under, I'm not that confident on it, but I am confident that despite all the talent, despite the high flying receivers and the offense that Texas won't compete for a national title or, you know, ultimately a college football playoff bid because they just aren't built to do it from a a coaching staff line of scrimmage culture standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I've been picking on the defense. I mean, they, they, they were sub 40% success rate allowed and, and that you, you know, if they're clutch, and, and they improve that spot you talked about on third downs. They could they could be a defense that could you know be one of the better ones in the in the league um, against. Uh, and they're going to get a lot of they they get the schedule because of the new Big Twelve teams is a little easier, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those they're not there's they're not Power Five rosters. So um, I'm still going to go. I, I think this is still a team that's going to lose a game or two. They shouldn't. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, think- I would. I'm sorry, good. No, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Alabama is – I mean, that's going to be a fun game no matter what. So many question marks. It will. Um, and uh, so, but, yeah. Yeah, and I, I like uh, I like Kansas State. I think Baylor, like, I don't know what they're going to be, but if they figure it out a little bit on offense with Blake Shapin – uh, I think their defense could be one of the few that can really give Texas problems. Like I trust Aranda to draw up a defensive game plan. Um, yeah, yeah. And they got to get that T- 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 TCU monkey off their back too. So. They do. And I mean, I know it's a weird spot. And I mean, it, when we get to this, I'm going to fade the shit out of Iowa State's win total because we don't know how long their kids are going to be suspended for gambling. But by the time you get to the second to last week of the year, uh, they'll have everybody back from suspension, I would imagine, uh, depending on how all that plays out. But they'll they'll have figured it out. Matt Cam- Campbell, I think he's overhyped in some ways, but he'll have his team functioning at a high level by the, the second to last game of the year. Ames is a weird place to play. It's cold as hell up there that time of year. And it feels like one of those games that Texas could get up there in the wind and the cold and, you know, maybe they're out of the – the title race or whatever, you know, nationally already. And they just kind of fold up a little bit. We'll see though. That's totally speculative. So are you taking 10, 10 and two? No, I'm going under, man. I'm going under. I, 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 like I said, I don't have a strong conviction on it, but I, I just have, it's a, it's a principle play, man. Steve Sarkis has never won more than nine games. Why would I bet on him to do it? until I've seen him do it. You know what I mean? All right. Unders. Unders. Under Texas. All right. Let's talk about the other side of Red River, the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Really weird team last year. Six and six. Well, really six and seven. First losing season there since like the early to mid-90s under John Blake. Um I did a. I was deep diving in some of the the coaches poll. Uh-huh. They have been preseason ranked by the coaches twenty two consecutive years, and okay. no other t- 
and no other team has that many consecutively. And so, I mean, not Alabama and not Ohio State. So, yeah, they've been (laughs) – it's kind of interesting to think about how, you know, just stable that program has been, you know. And, yeah, that was an unstable year, and a new coach uh, makes you kind of scratch your head a little bit. And, you know, Venables had – I believe, if I'm – that he had a lot of opportunities to, to move to a head coaching position. And he finally took that one. Um, mm-hmm. And he took it in a weird, in a weird spot, you know, you know, he lost, watched several of his best players walk out the door and didn't really replace them with, you know, what you would expect Stunts. at Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Oklahoma, I would like seriously nationally. It's hilarious because when that Oklahoma Georgia game got canceled, a lot of the narrative was like, you know, look how easy Georgia's schedule is now. Look how easy Oklahoma's schedule is now without that game. Arkansas State, SMU at home, at Tulsa. That's your non-con. And then you get, you know, your Big 12 road games. You draw at Cincinnati, at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, and at BYU. That's a pretty favorable draw, you know. Like, you don't have to go – on the road to some of the tougher places to play in the league. You don't play like Kansas state, you know, you, you don't play Baylor. Uh, they get a really, really good draw here. I think that there's a, I would say there's a probably a much better than 50% chance that they're undefeated going into the red river rivalry, even though I don't know if they're going to be any good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know how to only, measure this team early in the season. There, if you just go by win totals, there's only uh, Texas and SMU are the only ones that have more than seven and a half wins win totals this season. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like when I, you know, a month ago or so, when I started diving into win totals, I was scrolling through one of the sports books, and I was like, "Why the hell is Oklahoma nine and a half? What What do people know that I don't? It's just." How could they not be with this schedule in a way? But let's talk about their actual team. Uh, is is there anything that stands out for you in terms of personnel or, you know, metric stuff? Um, you know, I guess you're going to go back to Dylan Gabriel, who has trouble staying healthy. I mean, he's, you know, when he played, he had a good season last year. I mean, he graded out at 87 by PFF, uh, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. He ran yeah. the ball 47 times for four and six TDs. Uh, but really didn't – yeah, but they were, and they had some quality behind them, you know, um, that comes back. 133 attempts, uh, you know, rushing the ball, 190 targets. Nobody great. Uh, Austin Stogner's coming back for whatever that Drake word. Stoops. Uh, yeah, Drake Stoops, yeah. Um, Baby Stoops. Baby Stoops. Um, so, um, you know, you expect the defense to be better. They had a lot of – they. their defense was definitely oh, – which is what you don't say that about Oklahoma a lot. Their defense was improved. So, maybe if they get some, some – I, I don't know that they were, man. I thought that defense was pretty bad last year, weren't they? 5.7 um, yard play. Allowed. I mean, yeah. I guess the success rate's not that bad. I just felt like uh, they can improve. You know, I mean, they they were above forty two percent success rates. Not great. You know, I mean, I think 
too. You know, he's a DC defensive guy, and he probably didn't really, you know, he, he probably paid more attention to that. It was probably I, I expect him to grow and let that defense get better next, next this season. Um, they've got players there, you know. It'd be weird if they, they lost didn't him. have a good defense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you, I, I you know. You know, Kirby's first year, you know, the defense was pretty suspect, too. You know, it's just like, uh, which is ironic. You know, you expect you expect a defensive guy. So, uh, uh, but I, I guess some of these players, you know, you got five or six, you got 11 guys on both both sides of the ball that were PFF 70 plus, seven of them on, or six of them on defense. So, you know, um, I think I think there's, I think there are pieces there, you know. I think there's pieces there to, to be better on defense, and they do have a favorable skill. Um, yeah, I just don't know about this offense. You know, I just, I'm yeah. just not a big believer. Dylan Gabriel's going to lead a power five team to a, a, a conference title, you know, and that's what, that's what you're, that's what you're playing for at Oklahoma. I mean, I, I hear you and I intuitively, I feel the same. And then I look at it and I'm like, well, is the, the, the stats and numbers that you read off 25 touchdowns, six interceptions, 415 rushing yards from the quarterback spot is phenomenal, especially when you remember that sacks are taken out of that, especially only 47 attempts. That's almost – that's not far off 10 yards of carry for him. Um, I also, though, am just like, yeah, the when I watch him, my eyes don't really see the, the same thing as, you know, the, the raw production there. But uh, you mentioned the defense – like they got, yeah, they were outside the top hundred in pass D and rush D in 2022. So like they have to get better there. Uh, I, I mean, like not only do they have to, to be successful, but it just feels like inevitably they have to improve. They brought in a lot of good recruits. I think like, I mean, that's one thing I'll say for Venables is they signed the highest ranked recruiting class in program history last cycle. Number four that was higher than anything Lincoln ever signed higher than anything Stoops ever signed. So like there will be some good young raw talent. Um, Jackson Arnold, maybe like that kid was the lead 11 MVP. He's a true freshman quarterback. Um, part of me wonders if the Gabriel thing is going, you know, not well early in the year. Could they maybe go to him? Cause the schedule we talked about, like they're going to be up big in some of these games. And because of that, you're going to, you're going to have a chance to let this kid go out and sling it and play. Uh, but I do, I agree with you, man. Like, I think, you know, your, your analysis was kind of questioning the, some of the offensive weapons. I mean, they brought in Andrew Anthony from Michigan, who I remember when we did our, uh, our whole kind of, orange bowl preview for those guys a couple years ago. Like he had some nice plays on tape where he got behind the defense, but uh, not really. I mean, 19 targets last year for Michigan with only 80 yards receiving and a touchdown. I don't know that he's much other than like a go route specialist. Yeah. Hey, to touch back on the defense, it's bringing back a lot of snaps and a lot, uh, especially in the defensive front, 5,500 snaps. 220 pressures. That's the most, both of those are the most in the big 12. So, um, you know, it didn't seem like he went into the portal too much uh, to get on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so let's, I mean, he must feel confident. What he's got. He likes, yeah. What do you I have? think so? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if you've got gaping holes or guys you you want to you you do you go you go into the portal and you get some guys. I mean, I think that's the the, the conventional wisdom. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I expect him to be better on defense. I just don't believe the offense is really what we're used to seeing in in, in Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, I, I think I think you're right about the offense not really being that good uh the question is let's i mean let's talk about the total here and, and kind of make our picks like who is going to be good enough on defense to create enough problems for them basically to you know to make it matter that maybe they're a mediocre offense a mediocre offense that is you know top 20 in a lot of metrics through two-thirds of the season just because of who they've seen on their schedule yeah, this this feels like a team that could – I might take the over, but I, this seems like a team that's not going to compete against Texas. You know, they might get them twice, you know, if they if they rematch mm-hmm. in, the, in the Big 12 title game. Um, if you go down the roster, you know, Arkansas State, you expect that to be an easy win. SMU, uh, that's an 18-win eight total team, but that's a group of five teams, so that's probably one of the better group of five teams, but you still expect that to be uh, a home win. At Tulsa, win. Cincinnati, win. Like you said, here it goes. Iowa State should be a win, and we're undefeated in Red River shootout. Yeah, I think Texas is going to outclass them. Um, UCF has got such a brutal schedule. Um, you know. But I could see them winning be, a game like this. I could see this being – I could see – They. I mean, yeah, UCF a little, is a let decent game. defense. Yeah, they can slop a game up. Uh, I don't trust yeah, Oklahoma no. State to beat them. I don't think I trust Kansas to beat them. Definitely not West so, Virginia. I, I think TCU and I mean Oklahoma State. Technically, you hear the dogs snorting over. Good gosh, dog! <laughs> <laughs> He's like a twenty-pound French bulldog. He's the loudest creature on earth. Um, <laughs> Yeah, where are the losses? Here's the thing. I just think that, that, you know, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and TCU are all losses in play, right? So I don't think they're 50-50 games, but I can see them going and lose to – God, I'm going to talk myself into 10-2. I still think they're a 9-3 team. I just think they're – I'm going over, man. Uh, all right. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be that good, but – Look, man, I mean, just looking at the schedule, there is a uh, – I might take a – when I, you know, finish doing all of my futures bets and make sure I get everything placed that I want to get placed, I might put like a .2 unit flyer on them to make the college football playoff just because of the schedule. Like, I mean, you know, you said it. They probably do lose to Texas. But that's actually an advantage if they have to rematch in the Big 12. So all of a sudden you look up, they could be 11-1 and one with a chance to play Texas in the Big 12 and avenge their only loss of the season. And at that point, can you really keep them out of the CFP, right? Yeah, I mean, a conference title 12-win team, uh, I, you know, how many teams are going to be better than that? Uh, so I would, I just don't think they're going to be there. But, uh, yeah, there is a path for sure. I mean, absolutely a path. Especially, I mean, hell, they could – who knows? They might – if they 
they're undefeated and they beat Texas, watch out. Right. I mean, that thing, yeah, that if they get to that, that Texas means, game with a win. I just don't know. I just not, I'm just not convinced of this offense. That's all. Just not. I, I, I just think they're going to screw one up, one or two up. I just don't believe in this conference overall, as you can tell. Well, I think this is just going to be. It's, it's going to look like the Pac-12, you know, where everybody's got two losses come late November. Yeah, except, for, except for the Pac-12 is actually good this year. No, no, I meant last year. Excuse me. No, Pac-12. Pac-12 might have two losses, but they're going to be awesome. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to. I, the the top half of that league is so fun to watch. Gonna be awesome. Um, all right, I'm under. All right, You're I'm over. over. I'm over. Um, let's move on to maybe my sentimental favorite in the Big Twelve, the Kansas State Wildcats, defending conference champions, uh, coming back with Kleiman at the helm still. Return a ton on the offensive line. Uh, you know, still a very, very solid team. Like nobody in America is getting better output out of lower recruiting rankings rankings than Chris Kleiman. But Deuce Vaughn's gone. Malik Knowles is gone. Who's going to make the explosive plays? Because they return all five starting offensive linemen. Can they find somebody to, you know, pound Tra- behind? Treshawn Ward. Treshawn Ward's coming over from Florida State. That's what. That's they saw. That's a good one. They saw a neat. Yeah, they saw a need. They went and got a guy out of the portal. I mean, I think uh, I had to like triple check this. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, because I, I I grab all this stuff. I'm pulling data from everywhere, and it was like, and I check it against 2022 team, and I was like, man, really? Did he come over? That guy's sure there. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so weird now. Yeah, it's gonna happen like week one, week two. I'm a, you're gonna turn on some gamer and be like, wait a second, why does that dude play for this team? Um. What do you think, man? I mean, what's your overall vibe with them? Because I, if you believe I, I in Trayshawn Ward, do you believe in Will Howard, I think, the quarterback? Yeah, I do. I think, and I think that uh, the Big Twelve runs through Manhattan, right? Manhattan, the little, little <laughs> apple, baby. Yeah, hell yeah, the little apple, right? So, I absolutely believe in this team. I believe in the coach. Uh, I just think this is one of those teams that. Um, you always just kind of forget about until you look up and they're seven and one, you know, six and zero, oh, something like that. And you're like, and they start to scare every team that they got to play coming down the stretch. So I absolutely love this team. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm they got to replace a lot on defense, but I think, like you said, you know, there's not there's not a bunch of names, not a lot of stars that we're going to see, but this team just you know gets guys to play for him and gets guys to execute. So I don't, I don't necessarily see that as a problem. So I, I like this team. I'm with you, man. I, uh, I like them a lot as well. I think the offense is going to be good. Uh, I talked to a, a very well plugged in uh, Texas media member at SEC media days um, during one of the little kind of reception things there. And I was just kind of asking questions because i'm a football nerd and and we were chatting about their season last year and uh he said to me he was like i you know i told people before that game if if kansas state plays adrian martinez they're probably going to lose but if they play the howard kid i think they they win he was like they played martinez and they they lost a close game where you know they turned it over at the very end but i think they've upgraded a quarterback with howard 
And I think he's going to protect the football. I think he's definitely much more uh, two-dimensional, so to speak, than, than Martinez was. Like, I thought Martinez improved as a passer throughout his career, but he still wasn't a guy that was going to, like, consistently beat you with his arm if you weren't respecting what he could do with his legs that day. And I think Howard might be able to do that for them. Um, you know, they got Ben Sinnott or Sino. I forget how to pronounce his name at tight end, but that was the dude they were, they called mini Gronk at the end of last year. Uh, it's just a question on defense really. And I also, you know, looking at their schedule, that Missouri game at Missouri, I know that Texas, or I, I'm sorry, I know that Kansas State beat the crap out of them last year, but that game does give me a little bit of pause. Uh, I, I worry that Mizzou, with what they have on defense, might be able to give them some trouble. But looking at their Big Twelve schedule, well, let me let me jump in here on the, if I can yeah. just talk uh, for a second because you know what I talked about with some of the they had. Texas had a bunch of players that were, it had six, four or five players were in the 70s and a bunch in the 50s. They, these, uh-huh. Kansas State brings a lot of guys back in the 60s. A lot of, you know, um, you know, from both, both secondary and in the front seven. So um, mm-hmm. I just think, I think the defense is going to be fine. I think it's going to be fine. And, and like you said, let's look at the schedule because they've got, well, that Missouri game is interesting, you know, right at the beginning, uh, not the beginning of the year, but in September. They got to go to Como and play Missouri. Um, I, I'm I'm taking that as a win. I think this Kansas State team is going to be. I kind of like them to be back in the Big Twelve title game, so I'm going to count that as a win. They got Semo to start and Troy, so they're going to potentially give you three and zero with UCF coming to town. Okay, like four and zero. Give me them. Give me the Wildcats over Oklahoma State. That Texas Tech game is going to be. That's. Sweet I rowdy. think they're going over. Yeah, that, I think they're going over. But I, I think that Texas Tech, they could that Oklahoma State. They got to go back to back weeks. I'm thinking that's the same. I'm not sure if they get a buy in there or not. Sorry, I don't have that buy information in front of me. But uh, they go they go at Oklahoma State and at Texas Tech. So you feel like one and one there is probably probably a good outcome for them. And they're back to back weeks. Yeah. They get to buy after UCF, so they do get to buy ahead of those two big road games. Um, TCU. All right, so that's that's a tough stretch right there. That might be the toughest stretch in the Big Twelve. It is, yeah. Especially when I mean, you know, I know Houston's not good, but you still go, you know, you you go to Texas right after that three-game stretch that you brought up, you know, four out of five against Oklahoma – on the road against Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Texas is tough. Yeah, so they got to go three and two in those five weeks, and then they got to right. win out. And they got to beat Baylor at home, which, you know, I think on paper right now I feel like they should, but there's only one win between those two teams. Um, yeah. So, over or under, make your choice, man. Let's go. All right. I'm going over. Shot. Nine and three. You're going over? Yeah, nine and three. Again, I'm going over. It's a principal play. I trust Chris Kleiman. Um, you know, I just feel like uh, that's it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I believe in Chris Kleiman. It's, it's that simple. 
another another rematch. Um, well, I guess they have to rematch just about um, every year in the Big Twelve, which is kind of a bummer. So yeah, give me. I like Texas and, and Kansas State in the, the Big Twelve title, title game. Yes. We're going to go through TCU and Texas Tech, and then we'll go kind of rapid fire through the rest of these. Um, I mean, I, you know, not that I have a ton to say about either TCU or Texas Tech, but, you know, TCU, obviously, we know well. Uh, the Hypnotoads coming off of their national title game appearance slash letdown to Georgia. I think that there's this thing that's happened where the pendulum has swung maybe too far in the other direction in terms of like how people are viewing TCU. Uh, A lot of people are like, well, they got beat 65 to seven in a national title game. And that is true. That did happen, but they also beat Michigan. All right. Like they were, it wasn't a fluke that they were there. You know, I mean, like they had a lucky season. They had a lot of late game luck, won a lot of one score games. But at the end of the day, like they're not as bad, I think, as many people are kind of maybe thinking that they are just because that last performance is what's fresh in their minds. You got to replace the quarterback. Um, they got to replace the running back. They brought in Trey Sanders. See, this is, this offense is scattered with portal players. So they got a ton out yeah. of the portal. JoJo yeah. Earl from Bama. They got. Yeah. I mean, they got three portal receivers from P5 programs. They got the Brockemeyer kid who was a five-star at Bama but kind of busted out there. Um, Chandler Morris was the guy that they started to start last season, though, if you remember. Yeah, like, that so is right. You are correct. Interesting. Um, yeah, he's been in the program a bunch. I mean, you, you expect Sonny to have him ready to play. Um, I just still – I mean, you, it's got to be – Last year they caught lightning in a bottle. They had a lot of close – they won all their close games. So, you yeah. expect that kind of pendulum to swing back. Um, and I think the win right. total shows shows that, you know, at a seven-and-a-half win total. Um, that you, You're expecting – what do you expect in that Colorado game? Uh, I think TCU is going to house them. Okay. All right. I think, I think they're um, going to beat them by, like, 30. And then, yeah, so what are their tough games on here? Texas. I mean, SMU is going to be a tough game. SMU is probably the first chance for a loss, I would think. But you're right. They might go into that Kansas State game with one loss. Yeah. But that back half of that schedule is brutal, dude. At Kansas State, at Texas Tech, Texas at home. Baylor at home at Oklahoma. Oof. I could see them. I mean, this is still juice of the over at minus 130, despite that that back half that you're talking about. I think that assumes – I think Vegas is assuming a win over SMU, obviously, in that scenario. But I don't know. Um I think they're going to hurt. I think losing Garrett Riley is going to hurt them a lot, man. I think that's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, what do you, I mean, like, are you over or under on this? They're dead last in return production on offense. Yeah. Um, give me, 
Can you get him to seven and eight and four? Nah, I think this has got a seven and five season written all over it. Just two. I, th- I think yeah. they're gonna, you know, yeah, they could end the season with five game losing streak. It's a, definitely in play. I think it starts off well, and man, I'm gonna say. I don't know. I Almost mean, they like keep Jamoy Hodge. They keep Bud Clark. They keep some guys on defense. They still got time in Mitchell. And... I'm going to say they go eight and four. I'm going to say they, they squeak it out and get the over. I'm going to trust the – it's really just because I, I trust the staff. I think Sonny Dykes is a good head coach. That's. I know that's not like deep analysis, but that is my – personal opinion on the matter all right and then we've got texas tech we got texas tech and then we're going to do a a rapid fire win total roulette here on the rest of the big 12 um texas tech man you know over over under is seven and a half good season last year under joey mcguire this is juiced a little bit to the under but not heavily um I mean, I guess what sticks out immediately at their schedule is that that week two home game against Oregon is going to be a, a pretty big deal. And then, you know, I mean, they, they had a, a good first year. They're like Texas Tech historically is not a high ceiling program. And they went eight and five to kick off this tenure under. Uh, oh, my God. What is this guy's name? The coach. I'm I'm drawing a blank too. That's hoping you you would remember. Uh, Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire. Yeah, Joey McGuire. I mean, you know, he's a Texas high school guy. You know, he came up through the high school ranks in Texas. So, like, I think that he has them functioning well in terms of recruiting and in-state relationships. Yeah. Um, They got it kind of got lucky they put up 33 a game uh they ran it 55 percent of the time they had a good offensive rush pass success i mean rush success rate not great they kind of got a little bit of smoke and mirrors but they you know it's what you got to do sometimes when your your roster is a little under un, overmatched so they're bringing back the quarterback bringing back a running back bunch of O-line snaps and bring in Rusty Stotts from Western Kentucky to, I guess, compete or possibly Rusty take Stotts, over. Dude, what a name, Rusty Stotts. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's always to be, uh, yeah, the center. So, yeah. Um, oh, man, I'm sorry. All right. That blew my mind. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think one thing that was interesting is – they went six and one at home last year. Uh, like they're invested, you know, they just did a big stadium rebuild. Like they're, I think they have a chance in this new big 12 era to become one of the top programs. Um, I, I think that, that bringing Tyler Shuck back, like, cause they they played multiple quarterbacks last year before him. And then that offense really took off when he came into the picture. 
I think they're going to be very good on offense. Um, I also think they've got, you know, I think they've got good weapons. They've got a, a trio of receivers in white price and Martinez. And then they've got, I mean, they got a five-star tight end Baylor cup. That's uh well, if you think they're going to be better on offense, I mean, and they made a huge jump, you know, they allowed under 40% defensive success rate. And like mm-hmm. I said, the offense was only 42%. It's actually a step back from years before. So if they, if they, keep getting better on defense and they improve on offense they could be it could be a force to be reckoned with i know harry uh, in the comments likes him and a lot a lot of people are on texas tech as a sneaky good team which they are um so yeah i mean if if texas tech's defense not something you often think about but um if if they're if they're good on defense they could be they could be play spoiler a lot so and tim de reuter is a good defensive coordinator you know he he has a good history at other big programs, A&M, Oregon. Um, you know, they're very – like, you know, one thing that uh, Brett Sianca said in his in his preview uh, was interesting was they were only 57th in takeaways last year, and their defense right. is hyper-focused on takeaways. So, if – that turnover luck bounces their way a little more often. I, th- I think that like they, they could maybe actually, you know, peak out pretty hard. Um, let's look at the schedule here. So you, you play at Wyoming. That's a weird opener, but I think they'll win that game. Obviously Oregon coming to town is going to be tough, uh, but they do get, you know, we talked about that game in our PAC 12 preview. Um, I, I don't have a good read on it either way, but I, I you know, I'm not just going to get to Oregon. Okay. What? I was going to say you expect that to be an Oregon win, but you know, it's a road game early in the season. Things happen. I, I expect it to be, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm just not calling it a hundred percent. Like I would say, the the next three games on their schedule are a hundred percent wins. I'm bottom. Worst case scenario, they start four and one. Okay, and then. They go into the Baylor at Baylor and Kansas State is kind of a tough back to back before you you get BYU TCU. It's a tough schedule, man. I mean, like yeah. by Big Twelve standards, they got um, they've got to get to get to the over. I feel like they got to beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. They got to go to, and they, that's a road game, and they got to beat UCF. UCF. And Baylor, those are the games that are going to be with this swing zone. I feel like um, Baylor's on the road. You figure, you know, that Houston game. I mean, you expect that to be a win, but if if that's a, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the under here. I think this is going to be a seven and five team. Yeah, I just I just think that Kansas game. I think it's going to swing on that I, at Kansas late in the year. That. There's a lot of confidence in that. And I just feel like they could uh they gotta go to BYU too. That's another little So you're going over or there. under? Under. Okay. Uh as even though I said all that really nice shit about them, I am going under as well. Just the schedule I think is actually You know what? I trust I trust Joey McGuire. 
I think they lose Kansas State. They lose Texas. They lose Oregon. Put you at nine and three. You could still lose to Baylor and be eight and four. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And you're going to take them over at Kansas? I, I think they'll beat Kansas. Okay. I think I think Kansas comes back to earth, dropping like a stone this year. Personal opinion there. Okay. Uh, is there any other Big 12 teams that you have a particular interest in discussing in a more in-depth manner? Nothing in depth. Uh, okay. I think I think they like we're the fact that we're not even talking about Baylor. I think tells you a little bit about this is they're always tough. Um, they went six and seven last year. You expect yeah. them to bounce back. I That's don't think probably a mistake do. on our part to not be talking about them. Honestly, it's okay. That's yeah. right. We, we, you know, I mean, we got cursed at because we did a Pac-12 preview last week. Everyone wants Georgia as SEC stuff, but I get it. It's all good. It's, it's been good, good participation this time. Thank you to all of our viewers for tuning <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, I'm tonight. sorry I haven't been monitoring the chat. I've been look, looking at my notes and stuff. Um, it's been so. I, I, I've got a lot of unders here, so I got to start taking some overs here. So I'm going to take a, I think an eight and four bounce back year for Baylor. Um, okay. You know. I think the schedule sets up well for them. Um, they don't play – dude, what is the schedule? They don't play it's Texas a... or Oklahoma? Look at that. There you go. Oh, How shit. you get to – yeah, they don't get to well, – they, they got – yeah. They got Tough Utah. At... They got Utah. Yeah, I think that's an 8-4 and four team. And then – uh, UCF, this is noteworthy on UCF. I don't think anybody out here is putting money on the over under on UCF, but they don't have back to back home games. That's something that, uh, they, they, so oh, interesting. This, yeah, they do not go, they don't have a single game, uh, back to back home, and that's a lot of travel. So you could be looking at if this team kind of collapses down the stretch. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, it could be a, a case study. You're talking about Baylor? In, I'm sorry, I'm talking about UCF. UCF. Oh, well, I, I, I had moved on in my mind. Let me, so, let me make my Baylor pick. Right. Uh, I'm just going to say Baylor. I'm going over on Baylor. Um, continue with UCF. I apologize. Going under on UCF, just for other reasons. Yeah. Okay, because UCF's uh, UCF's win total, interestingly enough, uh, if you if you do feel strongly on that under there is a lot of value in betting that under it's plus 150 to the under um yeah. so you know that's a good yeah. that's a good nugget to go. any of you have said here all this time yeah they go to boise state so they don't even it's the schedule is kind of broke against them this year to to do that game um and then they to go Kansas on state. the road every other week yeah yeah and then they got kansas at oklahoma i mean i can see I can see them losing to Cincinnati, West. I mean, even West Virginia, I think, some play at that. At that, I mean, like if they lose to West Virginia at home, it's because they're exhausted on this schedule and this drive and this and stuff. So I got the under there. Uh, you're you want to jump to Kansas? Hold on, let you're, me talk about UCF. Um, I'm going. I'm going over on UCF just because. Uh, I think everyone's assuming there's some curve for them to come into the big 12 and i think on some level there is but i don't think it's as big as people think i think their talent is pretty comparable or better to your your average middle of the road big 12 team i think they you know 
I think they get out with the, the closing stretch. I think they win four out of five of those, those last five games. I think they get Oklahoma state at home. Gundy's team's probably be on quit watch by then. Um, yeah, I'm going under, uh, we'll move on though. Uh, Kansas, we skipped Oklahoma state. What, what do you think on Oklahoma state? They are an exact minus one ten on the over and minus one ten on the under. Oh, they just seem like they're always going to go seven and six, don't they? So seven and six would be that over. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't play Texas. Um, yeah, give me the give me the over on that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I'm with you, man. I think betting against them is probably never smart, honestly. Uh especially coming off of a bad year. He's never really had bad seasons in back to back years. And I, one of you in the chat pointed that out earlier, so I want to give you proper kudos, but um what do you think about Kansas? Um, six wins. Six wins is their total. Over is the minus okay. 125. Uh, under um, is plus 105. Yeah, give me – I think they will – they they're going to lose both to Texas and to Oklahoma. Uh, ooh, that Illinois game. Oof, I think, yeah, it's it's telling because, you know, when you made this preview, they were at six and a half, and Vegas is taking them all the way down to six. It's juiced towards the over, but uh, I still think I like the under here, and it's not because I don't think that Lance Leipold's a great coach because he is and all of that, and I, I could see them upsetting somebody. Like, I could see them screwing up Oklahoma season or – you know, Kansas state or maybe somebody like that, but I just don't think they have the, like, I I think that defense is going to be in for a rough, rough go of it, man. You know, I think their, their road games are Iowa state, Cincinnati, Texas, and Nevada uh, and Oklahoma state. So I think Mm. they can, they can go three and two in those. And I think if they can go three and two in those, in those road games with wins at Nevada, Cincinnati and Iowa State. I mean, I think they're going over. So do you? Okay. And uh, I'm going over. I'm going to go seven. I can see a seven and five season out of out of Kansas. Fair enough. All right. Um, you're over. I'm under. BYU. Uh, one of my kind of sentimental favorites since I've lived out west and. Uh, Wrote a big article on them when I went to the uh, New Mexico Bowl last year. Kind of like a, the last college program that feels like a high school program in terms of how they interact with their fans and just the vibe around it. But five and a half coming into the, the conference, uh, you're you're juiced to the under, but not too crazily. Uh, they got to go to Arkansas in the non-con their first Big 12 game is at Kansas. I think they win that game. I think they beat Cincinnati. I think, obviously, they beat Sam Houston State and Southern Utah. So, that's four wins right there. 
I'll give them at West Virginia, and I'll give them Iowa State. I'm going to go over. All right, so I think um, I think they only get one road win this year, and that's at West Virginia. Okay, so, so I'm going I'm going under there. Yeah, one thing I'll say about BYU is uh, I never really worry about them like quitting at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like they tend to they tend to kind of like have a bunch of tryhards that like squeak out some some wins at the end of the year when other teams maybe have checked out a little bit like if that that Oklahoma State game at the end of the year depending on if you know I think if Gundy doesn't have a good year he might be out of there finally and if that's happening I could see BYU rolling into Stillwater last game of the regular season and just beating the crap out of them because they're disinterested should should be noted that they're they've got Keaton Slovis it should be noted um, and they brought in this uh, this Aiden Robbins from UNLV, so they're bringing in portal guys on, at offense, um, quarterback and running back. They got um, some good pieces on defense as well. Um, yeah, by, Bywater, they got good edge players. I think they'll be all right. I think again, like I just don't think playing in the the Big Twelve in this day and age is that different than playing in the upper half of the Mountain West. It's different. Don't get me wrong, but like I don't, I don't think there's a huge curve. Honestly, it's not as big as Big Twelve fans are going to make it out to be in their heads. Uh, Cincinnati, post Emory Jones era. Emory oh Jones, God, you're right. quarterback. Emory. Emory Jones. Give me the season. under. Give me the under. Hell yeah, dude! Principal play. <laughs> I like it. Um, yep. You know what? That's that's all we needed to say. Under they do that that week two. I mean, I know we keep talking about it, man. They go to Pittsburgh. Yet another great week two game. Week two is going to be on fire, dude. I'm so excited for week two. Um, Iowa State. Look, I'll save. I'll save everybody the time. We don't know how many dudes they're going to have suspended. Uh, Vegas continues to let this win total drop like a rock. It was five and a half and minus one fifty. When you made your guide, now it is down to five, and the over is plus 110. So, um, yeah, dude, I don't know who's playing for this team. And because of that, I'm going under. That's very simple. There's nothing we can really analyze. We don't know who's playing. They've they've got – Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Iowa all in their first five games. So, you know, it could be ugly hurt in a hurry. It could be, yeah, it could be panic time there. And then they end with TCU and Kansas State. I mean, Texas and Kansas State. So, yeah, it's book into that season is it's kind of tough. So, uh, yeah, I can see a I can see a four and eight out of this team real easily. For sure. All right, Houston. Uh, our, our old friend Dana Holgerson. College ball's resident prospector. Um, I, I mean, four and a half. They lose a ton of production, man. They lose a lot on defense. Like it's everybody seems to be down on them. There's a lot of uncertainty about the quarterback. I I'm gonna go against the grain here a little bit. Um, 
you know, I, I think nationally the narrative around them is that they're going to flunk out and Holgerson's going to get fired. But I think they – I think they'll be okay. I don't think they'll be good. But, like, Cincinnati, UCF, uh, West Virginia, Rice, Sam Houston State, UTSA, those are all winnable games. That's seven of their games. I think they win – I think they get five of them. Okay. Uh, five and seven. Um, nah. I think Rice beats him. Dunk him. Go JT Daniels. TD Daniels. <laughs> um, How mighty have fallen. Um, all right. Last so he's going to get a really good degree. He is. He's probably got multiple degrees by now, I bet. <laughs> He's going to make a lot of money. Uh, uh, Stetson's got back-to-back natties. JT's got back-to-back degrees. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, West Virginia, dude. Uh, They got C.J. Donaldson. He was a stud, stud, stud running back. A blast to watch. Tall, upright running back that looks more like a receiver. And then they got... A couple nice pieces on the O line, a giant question mark at quarterback, and uh, a lot of attrition. It feels like on the defense. Maybe I don't know. Do you like your PFF rule on some of these guys being kind of you know sixties instead of fifties? Looks like it applies here with West Virginia. Do you do you have any read on the Mountaineers? Um, no, I just. I think the schedule is kind of tough. Um, I just don't think they have enough offense to sort of mm-hmm. to get anything going. Um, they go, they they get Penn State on the road to open, and, and then they get Pittsburgh. They get Pittsburgh. Yeah. Is that, that neutral? No, that's that's at Morgantown. I think it's Texas Tech. TC. It looks like it's home. Yeah, it's home. Yeah that that could be that could be a one and five start. Or one and mm-hmm. four, and they're talking about that coach not making it. So yeah, give me the under on that. You know, yeah, just because of that. I think Neil yeah, Brown just, wants out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, o- and Oklahoma State's got and Houston are, are gonna they, you know, especially like if you look at Houston, that's a you know they're gonna be competing in a new league. They're got games circled. You know, um, uh, that's a home game for Houston. So. You know they want to beat some of these Big Twelve teams, so yeah, I, I like I like Houston in that game. Um, UCF, same thing. Um, UCF, that's a home game for UCF, so yeah. I mean, this could be this could be a two and ten team easily for sure. All right, uh, well, that is that. Um, that is the entire Big Twelve. We got through this in an hour twenty. It's pretty <sighs> solid. Uh, Josh, 14 yeah, fourteen teams is a lot going to be more next year um thank you for your time uh i want to plug you know I, I see that there are still some of you that are watching this live thank you guys for for rolling through this whole thing with us um for real I definitely want to plug your guide if, if you're watching this uh you're clearly a diehard and if you're a diehard then uh josh's guide is the it's the red meat that you want yeah. i can promise you that yeah and, and i and I don't know how many more updates I'll do. I may do one more, but I've added 
sort of some national stuff in the last week. There's, so if you if you've got if you've already purchased it, you should have gotten an email about an update on it. If you haven't, it'll obviously be included. Yeah, dogstats.com. Grab it. It's up to 370 pages. Kind of talked about sort of and track some epic. of the. Uh, yeah, I track some of the sort of the resumes for the teams that we expect to be competing, like twenty or you know twenty teams or so. What they what they've done the last three years and some of these stats we looked at. So that was a that was a fun addition, a little update I did. So please check it out. That's also on, on the blog at dogcentral.com. You'll see a lot of you'll see all these graphs. Even if you haven't got the guide, you know you just want to check it out. You'll see these graphs and a lot of them and some of the new stuff in the Big Twelve uh, preview I did on the Dog Central uh, blog page. Um, so. All right. Thank you for um, thank you for the plug. Thank you guys for sticking around. Even Harry had to bail. I know Harry WTF, <laughs> bro. Uh, we will be back to do uh, what are we doing next? The ACC or the Big Ten? We'll get the ACC out of the way before we go to the Big Ten, um, if that's all right with you, Josh. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, all right. So we'll hit the we'll hit the ACC in the Big Ten in coming weeks. We. I think we'll probably have to split up our SEC preview because we'll want to do a little more deep dive there. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going through the rest of these with you. Uh, tons of great insight that, that you've you know brought, as always. Uh, and excited to be back doing shows with you, man. We're getting, getting into 2023 and uh, got a lot of ball ahead of us to talk about. So uh, thank you for being here. Thank you, Graham. Absolutely.